Hey, Token CEO listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Can you imagine, like, of all of your healthcare decisions, like, less than 3% are in the hands of women or led by, by female CEOs? It's crazy. All right, so it's Thursday, March 24th. This is episode 208. That's amazing. This is the Token CEO Podcast. I'm Erica Nardini. Welcome to the show, the show notes say. So welcome to the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to this on YouTube. So if you Google Token CEO on YouTube, if you search Token CEO, you will find our channel and you can subscribe to it and you can get all of our great content. All right, what's going on in our world? So last week was a three-state week for me. I'm starting to hate the three-state weeks. I used to have like three to four-state weeks. When you're in four states in a week or three states in a week, it's just a long week and you spend your entire weekend being very tired. So um, this week I'm having a one-state week, which I'm fired up about. But um, things that I'm thinking about. So we obviously launched the Barstool Difference at South By. I did an interview with Axios and they completely buried me with the headline, but whatever, that's fine. That's why we have a podcast and don't rely on the press to tell your story, but whatever. Um, We also had Wallow and Gilly launch their Barstool Difference, I believe, yesterday, which was amazing. Gilly had this, or no, Gilly, I think maybe did a post on Sunday. Hey, listen, me and Wallow giving away $3 million to businesses that's been affected by COVID. Tomorrow we live, we give away $3 million. So you you can go, you can sign up tomorrow, see if you're eligible. Right. Gilly's talking about giving money to Philadelphia organizations that have been affected by COVID. Million dollars. I think it's just such an incredible brand. And I'm so proud of what they're about to do. And I think they're going to Ed McMahon this whole thing and show up at the Boys and Girls Club and all these different youth organizations in Philadelphia and give them money so that they can continue to help people, which is really, you know, I think the barstool difference at its core. What we're trying to figure out with the barstool difference is how do we do things like give money or like create t-shirts to raise funds for for charities or people or organizations that we care about. But then I, I think there's something bigger with it that we haven't totally figured out. We had a business meeting yesterday and we were talking about the barstool difference and what works, what's working so far, what isn't working. And then there was like a whole discussion on the Ukraine and which is just, just a moment of silence on the Ukraine. Like anybody listening to this who thinks that they have problems, we have no problems compared to what's happening in the Ukraine right now. Um, so, but then I got to thinking about like, how can we use our platform to motivate people for action. So like, I don't know if anybody read, Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote the most beautiful letter to the Russian people. Um, and it was, it was so heartfelt and it was so personal. And whether you love Arnold Schwarzenegger or you hate Arnold Schwarzenegger, the way he did it, which was to embrace the people of Russia, to tell a personal story about why he's always loved Russia and why he's always loved the Russian people and to appeal to them to do something about what's happening or to be aware of what's happening, I thought was incredible. So if you go to The Atlantic, I think you can read it in The Atlantic. I thought it was a really powerful and emotional and human way to talk about what's happening to the Ukraine. Everybody is like, hey, we should like sanction this and do that and send guns and helmets. And yeah, you got to do all that stuff too. But I loved his approach where he was embracing the Russian people versus punishing them or berating them or dismissing them. The way people show support can be felt in such emotional ways. It's not just about giving money. Long, long, long story short, I think those are the things that we should be thinking about and the the level of creativity and the level of heart. Like, I think when we become just transactional, it sucks. Other things here, like it's spring, which is so awesome. I can feel it. Like, it's 
it's those days where it's still too cold to wear something totally springy and you end up outside freezing your ass off, but you're like, ooh, it's spring, like it's coming. So I feel so hopeful about that. I feel light. We're working on a prototypical hat. We launched Work Like a Girl today. So that's the other big news here. So we are going to do a call-in show for um, business and work advice. So it's called Work Like a Girl. They're short mini episodes. We'll drop them on Tuesdays. So you can find those um, anywhere you, where you find this show. You can find that show. I love the logo. Um, amazing help from our friend John who helped us create that. Other things we're talking about, um, Caleb has been in Dubai. He has a massive, massive interview with Haspula. First interview that Haspula has ever given. I cannot wait for it. It was funny. I was just in a production meeting now and... You know, we're talking about, it's kind of funny, like I think when you think about kids or you think about work or you think about most anything, at AOL we would say it was the barbell. And on one end, a huge part of our business is based on volume shooting, right? Like we were talking about million dollars worth of game this morning. We had a production meeting for this show this week and it's like volume. Like volume, volume, volume. The more you fucking post, the bigger the thing is going to be. Like end of story, that's the total equation, volume. So volume shooters. And then you have someone like Caleb where he's just going to drop one episode and it's going to be electric. And it's, I feel like for Barstool, so much of our stuff is caught in the middle and so much of life is caught in the middle. Like, are you primed up to volume shoot or are you going to deliver the one perfect thing? And I'm spending a lot of time thinking about that. Like it's, like in the production meeting this morning, we were talking about million dollars worth of game and we drop 60 clips a week, an episode, 60 clips an episode. What do we do for this show? Like, I thought we were doing a lot. We probably do six, seven. No, we do like 25 to 30. Really? Yeah. Per episode, yeah. Keep up. <laughs> I guess. Let's go. All right. So we're doing 30. We only have to double that. Um, I think one of the coolest things are just pausing on the Caleb thing for a second is like how something like that com comes together. Like if, if we were at NBC or we were at a traditional company, right, it would be very planned. It would be budgeted. There'd be approvals. There'd be a, a review with the ad team, blah, 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 blah. Like in our case, there's a conversation happening on Twitter, very spur of the moment. I'm sure Caleb texted Dave, was like, hey, Dave, I want to go to Dubai. Dave's like, go to Dubai. I find out when Caleb's on his way to Dubai. And it's, I'm so excited about it, but that's exactly like, that's the pace of the internet. Like that's the level of trust you have to have in people, the level of risk you're willing to take and the level of investment you're willing to give to create a great product, like, or to, to make something really interesting a really fascinating conversation come to life. Like, I think this is such a watershed moment for Sunday conversations and honestly for Caleb. Sometimes I think in, in work and in business that you get caught up in like the doing of the things and the control that people have and the process that should be run and you lose sight of like, what is it we're trying to do? Like in our case, we're trying to entertain people with cool shit. Like, Caleb being in Dubai for a first ever interview is about as cool as it gets. So I think everyone should check themselves on those things. Like, how are you really, what, what is it that you're making? Um, or how is it that you're enabling great things to be made? Other big things for us, next week's our two-year anniversary, which is insane. That's amazing. Two years. It doesn't feel like it. And it also totally feels like it. But I feel like in everything, like, we're just getting better. Like, we're just finding our way. Like, we don't know exactly where we're going to go, but we're finding our way there. That's all I have. My last thing is we are looking for an agent. I would like to hire someone who comes out of a talent agency. So if you're listening to this and you're a killer agent, I will pay you. Um, and I think we need that type of hustle and DNA. So... I'm manifesting it out in the universe. So if you're listening to this and you work at WME or CAA, I'm looking for you. I can't imagine if you work at a big, if you work at a big talent agency right now that it's super fulfilling. So maybe you could find your fulfillment here. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? 
You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. All right, so let's do Q&A. So before I get into Q&A, if you like Q&A, or if Q&A is the only thing you like in these Token CEO episodes, we launched Work Like a Girl, which is our mini pod or our mini video show where we only do Q&A. So Q&A is my favorite part of an episode, minus getting to meet people and then just understanding what the women of Token are doing. Um, But if you want just the Q&A or if you want to submit questions about work that we can answer for you, you can look for Work Like a Girl wherever you find Token CEO, and you can just listen to episodes on that. All right, so first question we have is, I'm six months into a new job, is And is there such thing as asking too many questions? I want to know everything I need to know, but I don't want to be annoying. Hmm. I feel like if you're asking this question, you might be worried you're annoying. So I don't think there's ever too many questions. Like asking questions shows engagement, you're curious, you're interested. The only time that I would not recommend asking a lot of questions is when you're watching a movie. If you're watch, I hate watching a movie with the people who ask questions the entire time. You're just like, shut the fuck up. Like, wait for the plot to unfold. Like, yes, there, it's raising a question if X is going to happen. Like, that's the whole point of a plot. Um, so anyway, so don't ask a lot of questions in a movie. Sometimes I find myself asking a lot of questions in the movie and then I have to like self-regulate. But I w- would say a couple things about asking questions at work. One is try to answer the question yourself before you ask it. If you know the answer after spending a nanosecond thinking about it, don't ask that question. And really try to discern why are you asking questions? Are you asking questions um, instead of taking initiative? Like I find sometimes people are like, what do you do with this? And then I'm like, well, what do you think you should do with it? And then they say, I think I should do this. And that's what they should ultimately be doing. So sometimes you have the answers all along. So you have to add, you have to really check yourself on that. I think the second thing is find the right forum to ask questions, right? You don't want to be that girl or that guy who's like always asking a fucking question just as the meeting should be wrapping up and everybody wants to go get on with their lives and buy time that they'll never get back back. But find a place to ask the question. So if you have a mentor at work or you have a manager at work who you feel comfortable with, write down all your questions, figure out the ones you can answer for yourself, and then use the one-on-one time that you have to ask the questions that you really need help with. Um, And then the third is don't ask the same question twice. I think that's very annoying to people. So make sure that when you get the answer, you're actually internalizing it or digesting it or applying it so that you don't keep asking the same question. But in general, I think it's great that you want to learn about your job, and I'm sure your job appreciates that too. I'm being told I have to nurture more. How do I go about doing that professionally? Ooh, nurture is a funny word. I just tried to, just for anybody listening to this, I just tried to answer this question, and we're just going to delete that whole thing and start over. So, all right, one is nurturing is a funny word. Um, It's a mothering word. It's a feminine word. It's a soft word. It's a word that really indicates care. And I think about like a baby chick or like a baby, like you want to nurture it. What your work is telling you is that you're probably too harsh, too aggressive, too blunt, um, and too directive. You're not nurturing. You're not letting things incubate and grow and, and have care and softness around them. I think it's a strange word to ask someone to be nurturing at work. I I think that that's interesting about where you work and the type of culture you have, that that's the ask. The first thing I would ask yourself is, do you fit the culture of the company you're working in? Or are you just way out in left field and there's a bunch of baby chicks under heat lamps and you're out there with like a shotgun? Like, where are you in your workplace? I think you got to ask yourself that. I think the second thing is every human at work is in fact human. So you're going to have moments of great care 
and exemplary behavior and positivity and can-do-ness. And then you're going to have moments where you're like the movie Inside Out and you have like a shit ton of reactions and 99% of them are inappropriate. It is possible to be directive. It is possible to be effective. It is possible to be good and great at your job and to care and nurture people at the same time. And I think the best way to do, to achieve anything close to any of that is to listen as much as you can, to take your personal reaction, your personal immediate reaction to something and try to mute it as much as possible, to be thoughtful in your response, to be open in your demeanor, to be calm in your approach. And that that's that would be my best advice for getting to getting to being nurturing at work. I don't think Barstool, I actually oddly think Barstool is a highly nurturing environment and a completely cold, rough, and abrasive environment all at the same time. That's kind of why I like it. Also, side note on this one, great, great point from Rachel, is do you think men are told to be nurturing? I don't think men are told to be nurturing in general. Maybe the new generation of adult men are more nurturing, like being a beta is more nurturing by design. But in general, I don't think men are told to be more nurturing. And it's kind of funny for a woman to be told to be more nurturing at work. Like, is that in fact sexist? Hey, Dave, be more nurturing. But someone would say, hey, Erica, be more nurturing. Because the expectation is, is that as a woman, you are supposed to be. Like you have that in you. That's your job. That's your gender function. Hmm. Very interesting. That was a loaded question. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. All right, so Cindy Eckert. Okay, so Cindy Eckert rolls into the hotel suite in so- at South by Southwest. So Austin, Texas, hotel suite. Cindy Eckert comes in in a hot pink dress looking just like Wonder Woman. She's got the jet black hair. Her nails are perfect. She's got this huge smile. She's got these gem eyes. I love that she brought her fiance with her, which I don't know if you're, I'm allowed to say, but one of the interesting things is like you see so many men bringing their wives or bringing their partners around with them. You rarely ever see women executives confident enough to bring their partner with them or to find partners who are confident enough to be like, yeah, that's my girl. I'm just going to go sit here in the back and, you know, be by myself while my girl does her work. So shout out to Justin. Shout out to Cindy. I thought that she was amazing. There is something so fucking charming about Cindy Eckert. And I love her commitment to her brand. She is so forcibly female. So this is Cindy Eckert. All right. So Cindy, anybody who says that their life mission is making women really fucking rich <laughs> is my kind of woman. So I love it. Tell me, tell us your story, who yes. you are, how you got here. Oh, where do I begin? I know. Okay. So, much. so um, best known. So I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Built and sold two businesses, always in the sex space, right? Okay. I'm Irish Catholic, so naturally. Yep, obviously. And, Your mother uh, must love that. <laughs> best known for um, my last business, which was getting what the media calls female Viagra to market. So there were 26 drugs for every kind of male like sexual yep. complaint, not a single one for women. And what year is this? Through. That was in 2015 when How we finally broke through. How fucked up is that? Can you imagine 2015, 26 V0? And I was like, oh, hell no. Okay. More women than men actually have issues in the bedroom, mm-hmm. truly. And why shouldn't we have treatment options of our own? But I got to tell you, <laughs> I maybe I should have seen this coming, mm-hmm. that getting the first drug for pleasure was going to be... Um, a fascinating story, but it ultimately resulted in a fight with the government. 
I took the government on for women's sexual pleasure, and I ultimately won. The science was there. Yep. It's, and had the science always been there, but nobody wanted to take it so on? So I will tell you, we really learned, I think, from brain scan imaging that there's a biological basis for this in women. Okay. So it was very easy for us. Like, if you think about, you know, ED, erectile dysfunction, yep. it's very easy to say, like, oh, you know, you can't get it up. I yep. can see it. Like, let's yeah, fix it's, it. It's clinical. And for yep. women, we were like... Oh, you're just stressed. Yeah, totally. Have a fire. Yeah. Relax. Go mm-hmm. on vacation. And I'm like, that is so absurd mm-hmm. that we don't think that women bring biology into the bedroom mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it's like a brain chemistry issue for women when there's a lack of libido. So okay. we knew that scientifically, but you know, it was really hard to pay attention to science when you have all sorts of misconceptions yeah, and, and social pressure about and- female sexuality. It was really fascinating to go through. Ultimately, um, a very public fight. Uh, I took and on talk, the talk about the fight with the government. Oh my god! So here we are. Like this is geeky science stuff. Let's right? go. You do double blinded placebo controlled trials. You have to prove in trials that you increase women's interest in sex, their desire for sex. They have more satisfying sex when they have it. They're not stressed out. We did it all, like to the to the letter of the law, so to speak. In science, we had proven everything with statistical significance, and the FDA rejected us. And like that was a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? You're just I'm like running shit. This startup, <laughs> and it was it happened on a Friday. Mm. I had um, I'd flown back into Raleigh's where we're based. I land, and I'm my assistant calls me. And, like, everybody's waiting. We know this is the day it's, we're getting the news. Yep. Like, the the, ch- the champagne is chilling yep. at yep. the office. She calls me, and she's like, oh, my God, you just got a note. They've turned you down. And I said, don't tell anybody. And I can remember I sat down, like, on a bench in the airport, and I didn't move. Mm. I, was, I was just stunned. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. Um, and I can remember just sitting there like for what felt like hours and finally like, I got to go. I got to face the music. And I went to the office. I gathered the whole team around the table and they were like coming like this. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> like, running the streamers, the, news, the balloons. The news. And, um, and I get to the table and I said, we just got rejected by the FDA. Go home and work on your resumes. And I waited like, you know, that feeling mm-hmm. you like look out the window till the last car is out of the parking mm-hmm. lot. And then I broke down. cried. I cried my eyes out. I mean, I was so devastated. And that weekend, um, I tell a story because it was like, I'm so grateful there was this reminder in the moment. I um, I didn't want to answer my phone. Like, my board is calling yeah, of me. Course, my right. investor's coming. You, I, what am, what what do I say? do? What am I going to say? I'm like, we're screwed, basically. Um, so I actually went to my email the next morning, Saturday morning, and a woman wrote me who'd been in the trials. And she was watching to see huh. for our approval. And she wrote me and she said, hey, I saw the news. I'd like to speak with you. She was in D.C. I'm in Raleigh. And she's like, can we meet? I'm like, yep, I'm driving I up there. I got nothing to like, do today. I got nothing yeah. to do. I'm getting in my car. Yeah. I need this drive. I went up there. I sit down in a coffee shop. I've never seen her. She's never seen me. I'm sitting there. And this woman hits the door. And I know it's her. Mm-hmm. Like immediately, type A, in charge. You can relate. Mm-hmm. She runs her own business. She's two beautiful boys. She loves her husband been in a 20-year marriage, adores him, and she looks at me and she said, I have succeeded in every aspect of my life other than this. Hmm. I've been struggling with this issue for years. I've raised my hand a thousand times and said, something's different. Something's changed. And people had said, have a bubble bath. Go on vacation. And she's telling me the story. And I said, can I show you something? And I pop open my MacBook and I'm showing her brain scan images of women with this condition. And I'm, I'm starting to geek out to her, and I turn, and she's just crying. And I thought, that's why, I did. That's that's why, why doing I'm doing this. this. That's why I'm doing this. Got back in my car. I went back Monday morning. Everybody comes in the office. I gather them around the table, and they're waiting for, like, okay, how many days till yeah, we put the set? locks yeah, on the door? Yeah. Um, and I said, um, I said, we're going to fight the FDA. And everyone's just quiet. And my IT guy says, uh, can you do that? <laughs> and I said, we're about to find yeah, out. I don't know. And he put a pair of pink boxing gloves on my desk the next morning, and they're still there today. Incredible. And we took them on. And we took them on because the science was there. It had already given us the answer. Everybody just needed to get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And what it forced is that they had to talk to women who were struggling with this. And all of a sudden, once that conversation happened, we went back and looked at the science, and we won. So we won. 
Incredible. Um, can I keep going on the story? Go. Okay, this so is so great. We win. Like hanging on your it's every It's this word. amazing, like, you know, science wins, women win. Um, it's really an, an extraordinary process. And by the way, that took years, six years. It took Viagra six, six years. months to get approved hmm. on a third as many patients. By the way, not that we value male and female sexuality differently, right? <laughs> but um, so we win this. Two days later, I sell the company for a billion dollars. And it was a billion cash up front, a two and a half billion dollar deal. Oh my God, dream come true. Amazing. Right? Women are going to have this across the world. It's going to be like everybody will know it. It's going to have the same kind of gravitas of Viagra. And the product's called Addy. Addy Mm -hmm, is its name, or it's known as the little pink pill. Okay, yep. Female Viagra doesn't work that way, but um, the media calls it that. So sell the company. This is the dream. You made it. And then they, they shelve it. They buy the company. They put the drug on the shelf. Women can't get it. And do you are, do you have an earnout? Are you working for them at this point? So I I was going to stay for a period. I mean, at that point, this company was the darling in our space. Sure. Who bought us? I mean, their stock was at an all time high. Um, thank God I didn't take stock. I took cash. Um, but it was really like the perfect company to pair with. And then they hit some issues. Their stock dipped. This was the last thing in. They were like, no way. The plan had been I would come in and build women's health for them. Sure. And I would hire this other science. And that is a dream come true for me. So literally, you know, within um, a week of the deal closing, a week of the deal closing, um, I'm invited to leave. I like to call it that. <laughs> it, How'd that go? Oh, that was a really fun conversation. <laughs> that was a very heated conversation, yeah. which was, you know, the hell with you. This is my baby. And then I had to have like a minute of the founders like, all right, you know what? They paid me a billion dollars. Right. I got to step to the with side. Yep. And I need to cheer on. And at least my team is there. My mm-hmm. team is there. They know how to do this. It's going to be great. Three months later, my whole team's gone. It's gone. Just like that. That was so depressing. Yeah. Like, so depressing because I just, I felt so bad yeah. for all of the people who bet on me. And frankly, for the same woman I sat in the coffee shop yeah. with, she can't get the product. Yep. Can you imagine? So your mission hadn't been fulfilled. I, I could not. And I, you know, same thing, like, felt sorry for myself for a little while. Nobody was feeling sorry for yeah. me. I'd had a big transaction. Yeah. And that was the beginning of this. You know what? I'm going to fucking help other women get mm-hmm. this done. And um, I'm going to make them really rich. Yep. We're going to get to invest in the things and we want to see in this, this world. And then I was like, and you know what? I'm going to get it back. And they, at the time, they got a new CEO. Mm-hmm. So this company was in turmoil. They get a new CEO. This this sweet man is on the job for two weeks. And I said, will you have, will you have breakfast with me in New York? He said, yes. I sit down across from him and I said, give it back. He looked at me like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is somebody filming this? He's like, we paid you a billion dollars cash for it. I said, yeah, I know. And you agreed to do really basic things like make it accessible to women. Put spend this shelves. much money yeah, in, marketing. in marketing. Have it distributed in pharmacies. So I'd written a contract where they had specific performance obligations. You live and you learn. It was a better contract than when I sold my first business. Okay, got it. Yep. I was really specific about some of the what things they had to do. What their obligations would yep. be. And they were in breach. And so they more or less told me to go away. I went away for a little while. I kept knocking. Give it back, give it with back, With lawyers or by yourself? At first by myself. Yep. Then with lawyers. Um, and ultimately uh, sued them. And in exchange for dropping the lawsuit, I got it back. We kept the billion cash, and I invested in other female disruptors. Okay, incredible. That's the story. That's that's as good as it gets. We'll just cut this right here. Um, So now you've launched many other products, and you're investing in – to talk a little bit about what you've parlayed this into. It was was that moment of really getting – the worst possible outcome for, yeah. for my my baby, thinking like, Twice right, almost. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a fight with the FDA, selling it, the devastation of that. Um, you know, getting it back has been fun. So we that's I, it takes up a lot of my time mm-hmm. getting Addy, um, you know, to women who need it. And also just investing in other female disruptors. So I call it the pinkubator, mm-hmm. affectionately. I mean, why shall incubators be bros and hoodies, I, I, totally. right? With yep. craft beer on tap. We have rosé on tap. Okay. Um, and it's been about finding those real, like, firsts yep. that are 
you know, huge disruptors and often, I think, catalysts in conversations about just social change. Sure. So, you know, be it a flushable pregnancy yeah, test. Yeah, I love that. Lola? Um, it's was... Leah. Leah. Yeah, okay, Leah. Yep. Um, which is so cool, right? Yeah. If if it works the same and Describe it's no the plastic, need state. Why, what is the need state? Yeah. Is, it that, is it discretion? I think it is. So if you look at women who test for pregnancy today, two, two variables, half of women hope that it's a negative. Yep. And, and most women test at the office. How hmm. wild is that? Right? So they actually don't want to leave the evidence. They'd rather flush it away. Yep. The other is, honestly, I think there's a compassion in a patient on a fertility journey mm-hmm. who, you know, they test so many times. Yeah. You're just and always like, testing. You just don't want to walk into the bathroom and be reminded, I'm not pregnant 16 again. negative tests. Yeah. yeah. So it's mm-hmm. really, even for like the hopeful positives, yep. there can be a real emotional toll. Yeah, for sure. So I think discretion is part of it. And then it's really the environmental piece. Yeah, absolutely. 80% of a, of a pregnancy test is plastic. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah, and unnecessarily so. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that just hasn't been, you know, that's like our mom's pregnancy yeah, test. It absolutely. Hasn't been, it uh, hasn't reimagined. changed that much. Yeah, for and sure. And you started your career at Merck, right? I you did. You started in pharma. Yeah, I so did. So talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Is most of your, are most of your investments in pharma? I think that that's also what's so interesting about you yeah. is you are in, a, I think you're in the space of the future. Thank but you. also you don't hear about a lot of women oh, in no. pharma. You know, like yeah. less than 3%. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, of all of your healthcare decisions, like less than three percent are in the hands of women or led by by female CEOs? It's crazy. It's when you crazy, think about it. and yeah. I think it's an industry that you know people. I used to tease like pharma's one rung up the ladder from tobacco. I think mm-hmm. now maybe it's not yeah. even. Although during COVID, everyone yeah, was pharma like, had a resurgence. Maybe they're not minute. so bad. I, I love to say like this is an industry you can hate until your kid's sick mm-hmm. at three in the morning. Right. Right. Until you have a terrible diagnosis. Right. And how better to change it than from within. Mm-hmm. And I, I mostly I look at things that are health and I love patent protected yep. first. They're not all traditional pharma or med device. So some of them are consumer products, mm-hmm. but there's something that's serving a woman's health need. Yes, yeah, incredible. I think that's my, that's my lane. And what is your like? What's your advice to young women? Like, how do yeah. you get to be like, where'd you get the gumption from? Yeah. Like, you I, clearly have such a clarity of purpose oh, and vision. But like, where'd you get that from? And how would you encourage other women to have that? I think you have to, I, I walk in assuming, like, I will be looked at like I shouldn't be in the room, hmm. right? Like my whole life, I, I had an unusual childhood. I moved my whole life. And I'm lucky in a way. Like at the time, I didn't think I was lucky. Sure, of course. Every time my parents said, you know, pack up, we're leaving again. I had no friends. I had to be that weird, crumble. like yeah. weird new, new kid, kid again. I'm like, yep. oh. Um, you know, what it was doing was, I think, flexing the muscle of just being okay being the outside. Yeah, sure. And so I think that there's so, such fun in um, harnessing underestimation. Mm-hmm. As an invitation to surprise people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, I love it. I yep. walk in the room. They're like, who's this? Who, who's this woman she in must pink? Be dumb. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Who is this woman? And I mean, that's just like, let's go. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this that is going to be fun. Like, I'm going to eat this absolutely. for lunch. And I think I, you know, I have a good sense of humor. And mm-hmm. I, I do wish I talked to female. You, you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah. You should not take things so personally. Mm-hmm. I don't take that personally. When somebody does that. Yeah, like, like your bias is your it, bias. It doesn't fine. matter. Yeah. Like it's how fun is it to actually change their mind? Mm-hmm. It, I had a guy who um, he really, to have had his endorsement, like to have gotten his money when I was building Sprout mm-hmm. would have meant everything. And I pitched him the idea. And I mean, he laughed me out of the room unceremoniously, like in a sort of a mean way. Okay. Right? Like. Like no you bimbo, no, no chance. Yeah. Not you. Bye. And, um, and Sprout was your first, the second, fir- the second. It was second. Okay. So I already had a track record. I okay. sold a business, great return. But this was just like the notion of me, female Viagra. He was, he just was not wasn't having, having it. it. And um, and I think about that, and I have so many girlfriends. Like I kept in touch with them for all of these years, and I have so many girlfriends. They're like, how can you even speak to this? Yeah. Guy? Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? why not change his mind? Yeah. Sure enough, like a couple years ago, he's sitting in the pinky bater, 
at my board table in a hot pink chair. And he says, Cindy, can I show you something? And he reaches down and he pulls up his pant leg and he has a bright pink sock on. And it was his moment of going like, like I get it. Tip of the hat. I'll never do it again. Yeah. And he invests in things with me now. Like, how do you, how, why ever hold on to anything mm-hmm. as opposed to if I change his mind, that's the change. Yeah, then he's going to be That's the and ongoing correct. change, yeah. right? He won't ever laugh anyone out of the room unceremoniously again. Yeah. And there's so much more value in that. Yeah. And if you had written him off, he never would have learned. No. It. Like, it's more if, satisfying to you, yeah, too. Yeah. If you sit in the anger, like, you're holding yourself back. Yeah, this right. is just sport right. and fun. Yep. And, um, and I think that's at least what I hope to do with founders I talk to. They're, they're mm-hmm. so serious and I think we're in a culture right now where we're so mad at everybody for what they say and I'm so offended and I guess I'm just much less offended. Yeah, you're so bubbly. Yeah, I'm just much less offended by those things. that's interesting. You also seem very practical. Yes, for sure. I mean, I think I I like the challenge. If somebody's going to put up the roadblock, then it's up to you to find the workaround. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. And it's a good challenge for you. It's about you yeah. in that environment. Yeah. Um, you sat on a panel at South by Southwest on Instagram culture. Yes. So talk a little bit about yeah. your perspective. You know, you're creating products for women. Yeah. You're seeing what the internet does in good for ways sure. and bad ways. So yeah. give a little bit of perspective. What do you see happening with women today? Um, well, you know, the, what I'm talking about in that is a bit of this, what I'm going to call shark tank culture in entrepreneurship, <clears throat> which is... We look online and we think, oh, fully funded. They're like 30 years old. They've got it, you know, that whole got it mystique yep. of it. And I think that I'm watching so many entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of young women. So I either am going to invest or I mentor mm-hmm. a lot of women in the space. And there's a belief that funding is the destination, right? The construct, like they've almost grown up watching that on television, which is, oh, they write the check. You get the check, you're done. You're done. And I'm like, you know what? The check is the moment that you start to sweat. Just the beginning. You're like, oh my God, I have to pay this back. I've got to do this. And and then some, right? If if you're worth your weight, you're going to give them a return. So it's really like this idea of us celebrating before there's execution. Mm -hmm. And I think we're very quick today to, you know, say, you're a genius. That's such a good idea. You're a genius. And you think, ooh. Has anybody bought it? Yeah. Have you put it out in the market? And I mean, that's really, I think, finding that balance. Hmm. I'm I'm grateful, honestly, that when I, you know, first became an entrepreneur, people were like, you're insane. Are you really going to do this? You're going to risk this great career that you have and you're going to take it to zero. Mm -hmm. This is a disaster. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that because I think if everybody had said you're you're so wonderful and everything else, would I have ever had the grit? Yeah, to to stick it out. That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That's interesting. When I took this job, everyone told me it was career suicide and I was making a gross error and I had bad judgment. And maybe all of those things were true, but it gave me the push of like, you have to figure it out. Yes. And I think one thing that happens, that's happening now with women, and I think all people in general, is there's so much time spent looking at everyone else and marveling at their the packaged per- perfection for sure that doesn't exist it's Absolutely the journey not. right like That's it's right. not the getting the money to yeah. your point like you've got a great idea you get funding for it now what? Right. You know, that's like day one. Yes. And you're exactly right, which is investors are a pain in the ass. They're looking at dollar signs. Of course. They want a 10x. That's right. Your job is to get from zero to 10x. That's right. And that's it. So it's it's a two-way street, I think, also. And who do you take money from? Yes. And are oh, you I ready that for mistake. that? Totally. I've made that mistake, too. Oh. And it, that's a hard, you know, that's a hard power dynamic. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. Okay, so what's next for you? Um, you know, I hope I'll make a billion dollars worth of wealth for women. Okay, great. Just by putting in, you know, investing in billion these ideas for me, that get little Billion for me, billion <laughs> for, for you. you. Right, why not, right? Let's do it. I think we should do it. And I, I just, you know, I love finding the underdogs and the overlooked and the other people who feel like misfits in the room yep. and helping them get there. That's like, incredible. Like, rolling my sleeves up. That's my, that's my joy. That's your And ML. 
I'm going to change the conversation about women and sex forever. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm just, it's, it's, it's time. Like, I'm done with this, with all of the, you know, misconception and people writing comments like, oh, female Viagra, I thought that's jewelry. Like, come on, people. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is an oh, issue so tacky. women they, they have. Say. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just been a fascinating, like, that will continue to, like, eat at me, mm-hmm. that there's not the parallel of, you know, we, we solve for men and we celebrate, mm-hmm. and we solve for women, and we question. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting. We launched a brand called Call Her Daddy. Yes, uh, with yeah, Alex for sure. Cooper, who's an incredible talent, and it was so interesting how it was so shocking. Yes. right. Like what exact? And I yes. spent a lot of time thinking about. We couldn't get advertisers to touch the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Alex is a juggernaut. The yes. girl can move product. She can for do anything. Sure. Um, but brands wouldn't touch it, and. In my mind, I was like, what is so, what is so radical? What's so deep about that? What is so deep about that? And what was deep about it is she's in control of of her sex. Yes. I think it's so courageous to think about, you know, defying that norm and that stereotype. And it's crazy when you talk about the stats in the medical profession. Oh, it's just unbelievable. 3% is insane. I think if you look at, you know, factors that we, if you look at moments in time, like physical wellness, Mm -hmm mental wellness, like the evolution of the conversation, mark my word, sexual wellness is the next wave of that conversation. It is. And what she's doing is at the forefront Mm -hmm. of it. I mean, when we broke through in 2015, there was no such term as femtech. Hmm. It was coined after we broke through in 2016. It'll be a $50 billion category by 25. At least. That's incredible. It's just the fastest growing, hottest category and I like to think we gave people a billion reasons to believe. Yeah, at least. The other thing I would say, and then I know I'll let you go, but the other thing We could do this all day. I, 100%. There's so many I'm, things I'm we need getting to the do look. together. I'm like, <laughs> but um, the other thing that I think is so interesting, which you're also tapping into, is um, I think women are kind of fucked either way. Like, mm. if you sleep around in college- yeah. Um, you're a slut, right? And then if you're in your 40s yeah. and your chemistry is off yeah. or you are exhausted yeah. because you're working and raising sure. children and there's you're frigid, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's really interesting to me yeah. that there's like men pop a pill, yeah. there's an instant reaction yeah. or within X yes. amount of time, there's millions and millions of dollars poured into advertising oh, for it. And the woman feels, it, I think, attacks herself for what, like the woman you're describing, yes. she attacks herself. Absolutely. I'm a slut or I'm frigid and there's we something totally wrong turn on with ourselves. me. Absolutely right. And I think that's what you can change. Yep. That's right. It's because just we deserve, right? If we want more yeah, pleasure. What's wrong with me? That's yeah. right. And, and why shouldn't we have access to things if we want help Correct. in that regard, yep. as opposed to having this unbelievable self-reflection yeah. about it of does this mean that something's wrong with me am i alone in this is it about my partner what if it was just as simple yeah. as it is for men correct right what yeah. if it was just that simple and how much are you spending educating doctors about it a lot a lot I, and i think that you can imagine um obgyns tend to be as a as a specialty they're the most risk averse Right, they mm. tend to be very late adopters. Okay, uh, to interesting new in the in the sector. Yes, of like all the, the different OBGYN guys are, and girls are like are, they're last, always slow. last on the bus. Yes, okay, they're sort of like slower to. They wait for a okay. little while. They wait and they watch and wait. And I just can see like we have just started to go like this. Like okay, it has finally the curve hitting. is about to hit. I can still very sadly like. Can you imagine? I got this through in 2015. I mean, there was a crazy part of that story where. Nothing was happening for several years before I got it back. But I still can go to a cocktail party. And by the end of the night, I promise you, every woman is in this corner around me like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) There's something for us. What happens? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if I take it? And all the men are like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, So the the threshold awareness is not there Mm -hmm. yet. But it's coming. And it's coming quickly. Yeah, that's so interesting. And the doctors are caring. Like, all of a sudden, they've like... They're gonna. They're asking about it. Yeah. Like, why would we not ask women this? Completely. You, I also. You ask, like, are you sexually active? Do you want birth control? Do you want to be tested mm-hmm. for an STI? Mm-hmm. Why would you say, are you satisfied? Yeah. Completely. It's one question. One question would change it. But there's so much in that. Like, yeah. if you just ask women, are you yeah. satisfied? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like that question yeah. alone yeah. is a billion dollar business. Yeah. So interesting. All right, Cindy, I have five questions. Oh, okay. All right. First thirty minutes of your morning. Um, honest to God, don't do this at home. Uh, Instagram. 
Okay. And I and I have made peace with it because yeah. people say like you should not do this. Um I But it's really, kind of it's it's it, it's an easy wake up. It's an easy wake up and it's a reminder for me like how colorful the people are in my life. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I have the best friends, yep. right? The coolest women. Yep. Like getting to sit yeah. here with you. I'm so lucky for that. It fires me up in yep. the morning. Okay, I love that. Um, and a giant iced tea. Giant iced tea. Oh, yeah. Not a coffee Never. Girl. Never have had coffee. Really? My brothers bet me in college that I would start drinking coffee. I said, how much? <laughs> um, <laughs> a billion. Such yeah. an, I'm so stubborn. And I like, never I'm had it. it. I'm like, iced tea's great. You are going to pay me. They've never paid me. I've never drank coffee. That's incredible. Okay. Something you do every day without fail. Um, go outside and feed my pigs. Oh, you have pigs? Yes. How many pigs? Two pigs. Do you bring them? Um, do you let them come inside? They really have no time for it. They okay. don't like the wood floors. They're not They're happy. Like, not for they me. need to be They're outside digging. Mud. It's really like getting your boots dirty. You know what I yep. mean? Like I like that in yeah, the morning absolutely. of like getting your boots dirty. That's so, incredible. Little pig kisses from Theodore what are Pig your... Newton. Oh, okay. What... Theodore Pig Newton. Now what's the other one? Tallulah. Oh, Tallulah! Tallulah was name. the girlfriend that Theodore never wanted. Oh, well, <laughs> she came second. She, yeah. she loves him more than he loves That's her. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, oh, Tallulah is such a great name. So I love that name. Sweet. Okay, um, big business mistake you've made: taking money from the wrong person. Like almost crippled my first company. Hmm. So brutal. The ink was not dry on that contract. When I realized, like our philosophies were so different about how you hired people how you paid them. Mm -hmm. It was an awful year of my life. And how'd you get out of it? I got somebody to buy them out of their position. Yep. And then that person made such an unbelievable return. I asked him if we could do a billboard outside of the other guy's (laughs) office. (laughs) Did they say yes? Um, No, we never did it. (laughs) But in your not all people will do the things that I think would be entertaining. (laughs) Slash entertaining. All right. What gives you hope? Um, What gives me hope? Innovation. Like, I get excited about all the ideas. Like, how lucky am I now that every day people will walk into my office and say, like, I have this idea. Mm -hmm. Can you help me make it a reality? That's incredible. Like, that gets me excited. Mm -hmm. Some of the ideas are terrible. (laughs) I cannot help them ever make it a reality. But some of them are so smart. And uh, and to get to play like a little role in that is awesome. That's incredible. Um, and then, what business or brand are you most excited about right now? Ooh, what business or brand? You know what? I love um, a woman who is reinventing infant formula. It's called Bobby. Okay. And she's got such an incredible story. So she basically infant formula in the United States is like a monopoly. Yeah, it's, it's a old racket. as hell. Yeah. It's a total racket. It's basically corn syrup. Yep. And she created a formula to European standards, which are actually superior um, to the U.S. To standards. The US. Shocking. Yeah. She brought it to market. The FDA made her recall the whole product because of a, of a, a regulation that she didn't quite understand okay, in terms of how she was marketing it. Maybe, maybe they, fair, fair enough. But she called me out of the blue and she's like, I know you fought the FDA. Here's what I'm dealing with. What do I do? And I'm like, put on the gloves. Let's go. Yeah. And she's on the market today and growing wow. unbelievably. Called Bobby. Bobby. B O B B I E. All right. That's it. Cindy, thank you <laughs> thank so you. much. Congratulations. Thank you. I so love good what you're to doing. Time. Tell people where they can find you. Yes, please. I hope you'll follow me at Cindy Pink CEO. Yeah. And love if it. you DM me Power and Pink, I'll send you all sorts of business tips. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. All right. So that was Cindy. Let's just have a moment on the fact that if you're a woman listening to this, 3% of the decisions about your health, 3%, that's 97% of the decisions about your health are being made by someone who has no idea what you are going through. So 3% of decisions about women's reproductive health are being made by women. So... If you're listening to this and you're in college, go get in the front. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Pair of Allbirds. I highly recommend them. Okay. Circling back. Let's do it. 
NCAA tourney costs businesses $1.7 billion in lost productivity. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. That's funny. $1.6 billion in lost $1.7 Yeah. It's like spring cost company pro- companies productivity. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Friday afternoon was mm-hmm. so nice out in New York mm-hmm. and literally like all the sales guys were like, I'm just trying to find somebody to go drink and watch March Madness with me. So I'm like, I get it. Right. So that doesn't surprise me. Good for people. <laughs> Good for people. <laughs> Netflix will prompt subscribers to pay for users outside their households. Oh, that's a bummer. That's going to kill the sharing culture. Like how many, for your Netflix password, how many people have access to it? Like seven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mine's like four or five. How are they going to know? So they're going to tie the login to one particular geolocation. It's, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be household, which I'm assuming is defined by literally in the house. So that means if in your case, Rach, if you had seven people, it's how much a month? 20 bucks a month? Yeah, 20. 15. 15, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it okay. was 10, then they went up. Okay, 15 bucks a month times five. Well, I think what they're going to do is, like, you can pay for more sharing. So it's, like, instead of paying 15 for one house, you can pay 20 for, like, four houses. Okay, that's smart for I, th- I think it's smart for them. Um, Starbucks is planning to phase out its iconic cups. They want you to use your own mugs or buy one reusable. That's annoying. I love drinking out of a coffee cup. Me too. And I love the I know it's ones. bad for the. I know it's bad for the environment, but... So you can't order ahead if you don't yeah. like, like, um, do that. I agree with that. Good call. That's a really good point. Oh. I just struggle with a dirty cup in my bag all day. It's tough. Yeah, I want to throw out the cup and be done. It's almost like they should should create better recycling inside of a Starbucks. Yeah. All right. I don't know how to solve that, but that's... <laughs> look, the world is dying, so yeah. we probably need to do things like get rid of cups. Naomi Osaka jumps into crypto crazes, firms target young women. So they're trying to get their, the company's FTX. Um, they're trying to reach young women. They're focusing on bringing women onto the platform and into the hmm. future of Web3. I mean, FT, who isn't FTX sponsoring besides Barstool Sports right at this point? But mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. She's interesting, though. You know mm-hmm. what I think what's interesting about Osaka is like she just dropped out of another tournament. Did you guys see that? No. no. I didn't see yeah, that. so because she got heckled. Oh, yeah. Someone heckled like, her. The crowd or yeah, which I liked. Yeah. I'm like, bring it. She yeah. was super nice about it. But I I wonder, you know, she's so marketable from a sponsorship perspective. I actually think she's going to be more sponsorable because of her mental health advocacy versus being a player. One thing I do think is tough on the player front is like, if you stop, like, it, yeah, if you stop playing, what happens to your endorsements? But mm-hmm. In general, I think it's great that women get into crypto. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one. Old Navy turned TikTok comments into a commercial. So they went through like 1,500 TikTok comments about what they wanted and what users wanted in an Old Navy commercial. And then they they made a spring ad campaign and was like written by the internet. I love that. I think that's a great idea. It's how do you use the internet to make a commercial? Worth people's time to scroll through thousands of comments. In the company? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. When, why are we talking about Old Navy right now? Like, nobody right. talks about Old Navy. Sure. All right. That's oh, it note for Note the t- new outro. Oh, shit. Okay. Very short. Noting the new outro, which is much shorter. Um, sign up for things you missed. So you want to hear what's happening on the internet or what's happening around here, you can sign up at barstool.link slash TYM. And then we have merch coming. And watch us on YouTube. That's it. We'll see you next week. <laughs>